please remember this. I am a man with Down syndrome, and my life is worth living. Welcome to the Island Podcast. I am your host, Alvis Samuel, and who you just heard speaking there, that small clip, that was Mr. John Frank Stevens. He was speaking on Capitol Hill to a, I believe, a House committee, and it was a very moving speech that he made. I would suggest everybody go out there and and just YouTube it. You'll find it. And with that being said, I'm going to continue the topic on Margaret Sanger and what she had determined what human weeds are. But before we get into it, everyone go ahead, who is on Rumble, go ahead and do the Bumble thing. And if you're on YouTube, go ahead and give me that thumbs up and all that good junk. And remember, you can always go to rss.com forward slash podcast forward slash the island. There you can listen to all of my previous episodes and the part one of this series that I'm doing on Margaret Singer and how it's going to correlate into everything that is going on in the United States of America and not just the United States of America, but also the entire world today. And you might not think it, but there is a, a nice, what would I call it? A, a good link, a chain that dates all the way back to Margaret Sanger, even before that. But we're going to pinpoint the start, just say the start started with Margaret Sanger. So let's go ahead and dive right into this right now. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, that Jesus Christ himself also spoke on weeds, human weeds, actually. Now, he used a parable, and you can find this in the book of Matthew chapter 13. and Jesus Christ used the parable of tares. Tares, it's a, it is an invasive weed that grows like the wheat plant. They grow up seemingly the same. You can't really tell them apart at all until they both are full grown. Then you're able to actually tell them apart. So you have to let them grow. And I'm saying this because this is very important. This way you can see exactly where Margaret Sanger, where she actually lies. Because Margaret Sanger, if you listen to my last episode, she does say that she is an Episcopalian. And I'm going to dive into that also, too. Because a lot of people don't realize certain things about the Episcopalians. They, there's a sector out of the Catholic Church, this is why she had issues with the Catholics, but it's a sector out of the Catholic Church. And this sector kind of has a different outlook on things, even though they do say they love Jesus Christ and they love God. That's what they say. But I'm also going to pick that apart also. Yes, in this episode, in this very episode. But let's go ahead and dive right into what did Jesus Christ say about tares, the human weeds. Now. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, 
Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, least while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow until harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. That is Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, all the way down through verse 30. Now, you need to go there and read it for yourself. Don't just take what I'm saying, but go ahead and go read it for yourself. That way you can start to see what our Lord is saying about human weeds and what will end up happening to them. Now, if you stay in that same chapter, go all the way down to verse 36, you're going to read that his disciples wanted to understand that parable. What was the meaning, they asked. They wanted to know in plain language what that meant. And so you, they, they asked that question in verse 36, and then in verse 37, Jesus answers them by saying, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, the field is the world, and good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend and those who practice lawlessness i'm going to stop right there because if you've listened to a lot of my previous episodes on the island then that word lawlessness the lawlessness ones or there's the lawless one that word keeps popping up on a lot of my episodes so, if you listen to my previous episodes, then you will have a good, very good understanding on who that truly is. Now, let's just keep going for time's sake right now. And we'll cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That right there was verses 37 all the way through 43 in chapter 13. So now you're understanding who the human weeds are. These are the ones who belong to the devil, to Satan. They practice lewd conduct. They do evil things. They, they are just lawless. That's who they are. Now... To get a better understanding of that, lawless, if you look it up in the dictionary, you'll find out that lawless is defined as a person who has no regard of the law and or they just go against the law. For whatever reason, they have it in their mind that they're just not going to do what the law tells them to do. They don't care what the law is. They're going to do what they want to do. 
what makes them feel good, regardless if it breaks the law. This brings up the question then, what is God's law? Well, for there, you got to go to Exodus 20, and you'll find out what God's law is, and that is the Ten Commandments. You go, you know, you go to Exodus 20, you'll find out what God's laws are, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not have any gods before him. Thou shalt not make yourselves any graven images. Thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet. Those are the ten. And if you go into, I believe it's the book of Matthew, you'll find out what are the two greatest commandments. Those two greatest commandments, very simple. Love the Lord your God above all things, above everything. Put God first. Love him more than everything. And then number two, love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Now, I can go and how those in those two, the Ten Commandments fall in those two. It's very simple, very simple. All ten fall under those two. Those are God's laws. And if you want to get even very, like, just get nitpicky, go read the book of Leviticus. and You'll find a very detailed description of the law of God in the book of Leviticus. A lot of people, they don't like to admit this. They'll say, oh, the Old Testament was done away. No, the Old Testament was never done away. The New Testament is the Old Testament. I don't, people understand, people just don't understand that. The New Testament is still the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament. The Old Testament brings forth the New Testament. You can't have the New Testament unless you have the Old Testament. They coincide with each other. You cannot take them apart. You just can't. So now we have, at least I hope we have, a good understanding on what God's laws are. And if you are a lawless one, you reject his laws, the Ten Commandments or the two greatest commandments, whichever one, but all ten still follow fall under the two. You have to understand that. You reject that. You want to do away with it. And God says, Jesus Christ himself says, if you do, you are a lawless one. And the lawless ones belong to Satan. And at the end of the times, at the end of age, those lawless ones will be gathered up together and will be tossed into a forever pit of fire burning forever. Now, those are the human weeds that are trying to corrupt and and kill the wheat harvest. Now, let's go do a recap. If you didn't really listen or didn't hear, I would suggest go back to the first episode, part one of this Margaret Sanger series that we're going to be doing. But let's do a recap of what she says human weeds are. Her comments. A human weed, in her definition, they are the undesirable people. Kids born out of wedlock. They may or may not have diseases, but they're, you know, just children born out of wedlock. Kids with diseases. Kids who are born, born in poverty. Kids who have either both parents in prison or just one parent in prison. Kids who have traits that 
are undesirable traits in them. Kids who just their parents just don't. Kids born out of adultery, children born out of fornication. You have to understand something. Those, that is what Margaret Sanger is saying. These type of human weeds, because there's more types of human weeds, and I'm going to get into that on, on her comment side of human weeds, but those are just the children. She's saying these children are human weeds. And like I said, she wants to eradicate that, kill them, basically before they are born. And it's not just children. She believes that the undesirable adults are also human weeds, and their bloodline should not be able to live, basically, in a, in a nutshell. Their bloodlines should die with them. That's what she believes. And so now you have the push on, again, these are her comments. You have the push on her pushing homosexuality. If you are an undesirable person, basically if someone in short thinks that you're ugly, if everyone thinks that you're ugly, you might as well become a homosexual because you're undesirable. And instead of just killing you right out, let's just make sure you do not reproduce. So become gay, become a lesbian, because you are not desired upon. Again, this is Margaret Sanger, and I'm going to keep alliterating this. And you'll understand something that, that, that she's saying, and how, if you truly listen to her, you will understand that she, is start, she will start to contradict herself. You will understand that. Just like when she says, human weeds are the mentally deficits. As well as those who were deaf, you know, they could not hear, blind, and have chronic diseases. Minorities fall under that bracket. Poor people, like I said earlier, children born in poverty. That also includes just poor people in general and promiscuous women. You, you got to understand something. And I don't think people actually caught on to that, especially that last part. She wants women to be promiscuous, but yet promiscuous women, she also identifies as human weeds. It's like, do you not understand this? And this is something that she was pushing back in the early, what is it, the early, the, the 1920s, the 19 teens, like 1916 and 20s and 30s. It, this was something she was pushing. 1940s and 1950s, she was pushing this. She was out there telling women to embrace your sexual side of yourselves and be free. Do not let the, the cuffs of marriage bond you down. And that's the only place where you're able to have sex. No, break the cuffs and be free. She was pushing women to be promiscuous, but at the same time saying, these promiscuous women are human weeds. <laughs> you can't make this up. And she would always say these human weeds need to be eradicated. If you don't know what that means, that means killed off. So she wanted to sterilize the adults so that their bloodline, that their DNA wouldn't be, just, just wouldn't keep going. And then she would hope that you would become either a homosexual, and if you weren't, then she would, like I said, just sterilize you so that you could not reproduce. 
And then she would also push birth control for the promiscuous women so they can stay promiscuous and eventually kill off generations everywhere, all around the world. So you might be sitting there and saying, okay, so we have what Margaret Sanger was calling human weeds. And then you told us before that, you told us what Jesus Christ was saying, what human weeds are. But how do they correlate? Well, if you listen to the episode, to the first part of this episode, the very first part, go back. You know, you got to go back. You got to listen to to part one of the Margaret Sanger saga that I'm going to be doing. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a long one. But if you listen to that, you'll understand that Margaret Sanger is pushing people to become an adulteress. She's pushing murder. She's pushing theft. Now you might know that might be kind of a stretch. No, it's not a stretch because she wants to steal your children to kill them. That's what she wants. She wants you to covet. She herself was having multiple affairs outside of her marriage. She gave false witness and she did not honor her parents. Actually, she despised them. If I'm not mistaken, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was her, her dad. She despised her father and she didn't really like her mother too much either. So honor thy father and mother. That was not there. You shall not murder. Well, she wanted that. You shall not commit adultery. She pushed that. You shall not steal. She wanted to take your children. You shall not give false witness, a false testimony about your neighbor. She did that multiple times even on her own sister you shall not covet she did a lot of coveting she wanted things that didn't belong to her and then when she couldn't have it she tried to do everything to get rid of it that's commandments from chapter from not that's commandments from five all the way down to ten she did away with so those would fall under the love your neighbor as you love yourself category that's the second greatest commandment that Jesus said. She didn't have any love at all, to be honest with you. So you might sit there and ask yourself, what are you saying then? What I am saying is this particular thing. What Margaret Sanger was trying to do and her her whole pushing, and this still includes what Planned Parenthood is doing, what their platform is, what Margaret Sanger's foundation is. I went on the last episode. I talked about the steps on the ladder. You'll start to understand something. It's not just her trying to destroy the family, trying to destroy the church, the fundamentals of it all. But you'll start to see and understand that she is also trying to create the very weeds, the very tears she wants humans the people she once left she wants them all to be the tares in harvest time to be the tares amongst the wheat that's what she is creating she's not trying to actually get rid of the real human weeds she actually wants more of them, more tares that's what she wants because i can tell you this i can go back into this and so let's go ahead and do it let's go back into it then let's see what jesus says about all of the mentally deficits, as well as the deaf, the ones who could not hear, the blind, and the diseased. Let's stop right there before we keep going on. What did Jesus do? You remember that saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Now, what did 
Jesus do? When it came to them, he healed them. He did not kill them, but he healed them. He healed their diseases. He gave sight to the blind. He opened their ears, turned them mentally unstable, made them stable. Now let's see what else. Because those, those, the, that, just that in itself, those are what, those are the ones that Margaret Sanger was saying they are human weeds. I mean, we must eradicate them. Who else? Jesus did not say eradicate them. He said, let's heal them. And that's exactly what he did. What else? Minorities, poor people, and promiscuous women. What did Jesus do? He said, spread the gospel, spread his good news, spread the kingdom of God, not just amongst the Hebrews, not just amongst the Israelites, but also amongst the Gentiles all around the world. That includes minorities, poor people. He says, give to the poor. Do not reject them. Do not demonize them, but help them. Because as you do to these, you also do to me. That's what Jesus said. He did not say kill them. The promiscuous woman, Mary Magdalene, I'll just say that, prostitute. Jesus cast out seven demons out of her, looked at her and said, now sin no more. And what did she do? She got up and followed him. After he cast out the demons, he showed her love, compassion, and furthermore, she sinned no more. She did not continue in her promiscuity. That's even a word. Is that a word? So the very people that Margaret Sanger is saying these are the human weeds, those are the very same people that Jesus Christ took and showed compassion to. He healed them. He made them whole. He forgave them. And he helped them. Margaret Sanger said those are the human weeds. And she wanted to kill them. As you can see, like I said, what Margaret Sanger was calling human weeds. God is saying, on the contrary, they are not human weeds. They only become human weeds if they stay in their sinful nature and they reject the law. They reject my son, Jesus Christ. Then they will be the tares. And also everybody else who also rejects Jesus Christ, who also rejects the law. They are also the tares. They are also the human weeds. So like I said, as you are seeing, Margaret Sanger was creating more tares in God's field. Margaret Sanger herself, unless she got right with the Lord, was a tear herself and wanted more tares in the field. She wanted more, like I said. She wanted women to be promiscuous men to be promiscuous. She wanted zero respect for marriages. She wanted people to be fornicators, to embrace having sex outside of marriage. She wanted people to become homosexuals. Every sexual sin you can think of, that's what she wanted. And then she wanted to eradicate the actual responsibility, the actual constant, I'm not, I don't want to say it's a consequence, even though it is, but the responsibility of sex, she wanted to eradicate that, which would be a child, do away with it. And then she just said, everyone embrace whatever type of sex that you want. Like I said before, she doesn't think murder is a sin. She doesn't think it's necessarily bad per se. It's a tragic necessity. 
in her mind. So now we begin to understand how Margaret Sanger, how her thinking is. So with that in mind, why does she say she is an Episcopalian? Well, for starters, you have to go all the way back to basically when she was a child. She had, she really did not like the Catholic Church. However, that's how she was raised. She was raised in the Catholic Church. When she got older, she wanted to find something else. And she found this sector out of the Catholic Church that kind of sticks with the Catholic Church per se, but not really. You see, this sector is called the Episcopal Church. And if you go through the history of the Episcopal Church, you'll understand something, especially today, in today's world. And this is something that she figured out, that they technically do not believe the Bible word for word. Despite generally acceptance, the view of the Bible is not always to be taken literally. And if you go into the numbers of the Episcopalian Church and their members, only 14% of their church believes the Bible should be taken literally. Actually, actually, and I think it's it might be even falling, dwindling down from the, that 14%. I could be wrong, but it, it, but it seems like it is. You see, the Episcopal Church believes... That God is loving. God is long-loving, life-giving, all true, and he is liberating. Understand that, that last part. He's liberating. Not only that, but a lot of the members and even their priests, their teachers in the Episcopal Church, a lot of them believe that God evolves. Now, if you actually know anything about the Bible, the Bible says that God is the same as he was yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He doesn't evolve. He's always been what he is and will stay who he is. He doesn't evolve into modern times. He's the same. So now you will start to see those contradictions in the Episcopal Church. This is why she says she is an Episcopal. Because they're laxed, they're liberating for everyone. Whatever's going on and whatever seems good for the modern age, God will evolve and allow that stuff inside the church. Sexual immorality, all types of sexual immorality. They have no, no condemnation to preach and to teach people to reject your sin and these are the sins that God says they are. They don't preach that. No, what they preach is love. And love is fine. They don't preach there is a hell. That you will be condemned to hell if you keep going down a certain path. And the only way out is Jesus Christ. They don't teach that in the Episcopal Church. They don't believe that there's a literal hell. But for some reason, they do believe that there's a literal heaven. Hmm. That's odd. They don't believe that there's real evil out there. There are evil things, but people, humans, no. We do bad things, but we should, we should just love everybody. 
these are the things that goes through her mind. That is, that has gone through her mind. And once you start to understand all of this, then you start to see something very conniving and twisted at the core, which is why I keep stressing she doesn't truly believe murder is a sin. She doesn't truly believe adultery is a sin. She doesn't truly believe stealing is a sin. She would say, just because you do not honor your mother or father and or father, that doesn't mean that you are sinning. Everything that she has taught contradicts and goes against true biblical teachings, true biblical preaching, which isn't a surprise because the Episcopal Church, like I said, the Bible's more like a pamphlet. You can, you don't have to, you don't have to take it literal because it's really not that literal in its teachings. It's all right. It's very vague, they say. All you really need to do is just liberate those around you into the things that makes them feel good. And that will make you a good person. And all you got to do after that is just say that you love God. And that is it. Say a couple of prayers here and there, and you're good to go. And this is the teaching that we are being taught now in the United States. Even churches all around the United States, this is what they are teaching. Even if they are not even an Episcopal church, they are still teaching this. This is their foundation of everything. Just love and liberate everybody. This is their teaching. They don't want to teach. They don't want to preach about true conviction, true repentance. There is sin. There is evil. And if you take part in it, you will go to hell. And furthermore, even if you do not take part in it, if you do not confess that Jesus is Lord and that he died and rose again from the dead and you believe in him, you know he is real. You know he is alive. You also will go to hell. You see, this is a teaching that they do not want you to hear. What they want you to hear and what they want you to believe is the teachings of Margaret Sanger. That's what they want you to hear, and that's what they want you to believe in. Not realizing that if you believe in what she has taught, and you hold her on this pedestal, you are not just contributing in making tears, but you yourself are a tear in God's wheat field, and he will have his angels bundle all the tares up together and toss them into a burning forever fire. So do not be manipulated by anybody out there. If someone says you should love everything and everyone, yes, but don't love the sin that they're in. Do not become a part of that and then start condoning it. No what God's word truly says. Truly believe in him. Know that there are bad people, bad things, evil people, and evil things out there trying to destroy every single fabric 
of life and know that what someone says is undesirable, what a human being or what a person says is undesirable. Know that God's not saying that same thing because what's undesirable to him, what makes someone undesirable to him is not how they look, not how they sound, but their actions and their heart. That means, do they dwell in sin? Do they reject truth? And more importantly, have they accepted or rejected the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ? Do not be a person that has rejected him. Do not be the person who has rejected his law. Do not be the tear in the field, but be the wheat. And like the two greatest commandments that Jesus says, love the Lord God above everything over everyone. And two, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because if you do that, the Ten Commandments that God has given us will fall in between those two. And you will have no choice but to follow the Ten Commandments. Thank you for listening to The Island Podcast. I am your host, Alvis Samuel. Go ahead and go to A3S2, The Island. Again, that's A3S2, The Island, on Rumble. And there you can see my awesome face. You can also find me at As The Island on Twitter. That is A-S, The Island, on Twitter. And you'll see a lot of stories and everything, you know, contact me. Go ahead and communicate with me. Let's have a nice conversation there. I do answer back. And if you want to catch up on every previous episode, just go to rss.com forward slash podcast forward slash the island. Again, that's rss.com forward slash podcast forward slash the island. And you can catch up on every episode that I've done. Again. I am your host, Alvis Samuel, and thank you for listening to The Island Podcast.